Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hello, Caviar Dreamers. I'm Margaret Josephs. And I'm Lexi Buputo. And every week we are bringing you entrepreneur real stories from leaders, disruptors, change makers, and risk takers. We may not be serious, but we seriously mean business. All right, Caviar Dreamers, we are here with someone who I'm literally obsessed with. We are with the fabulous pop culture icon, Gibson John. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy. I love you too. Oh my God. Because first of all, you were one of my first interviews I ever did when I got on Housewives. I remember. Right? And then I find out you are the son of someone we've done, you know, we were grew up with in the gift industry. Yeah. Your parents own an amazing company called Scout. So I feel yeah. like we're connected so many ways. A hundred percent. Yeah. I, know. I, I felt a, I felt an immediate connection to you when we first that it was a yes. phone interview. I remember. Yes. And it was around the time when I first started doing this. And I think that the people that I interviewed around that time, I feel like I have that special connection with because I've been along for the ride with you. You yes. know what I mean? Yes. And I and I think that we've been in each other's corners for that whole time. I know. I absolutely love it. But I have so many questions for you because Lexi and I were thinking, you know, you give such a great interview because you ask deep questions, but there's a connection and you're sense, uh, sensitive about certain things. And 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 it's so so important for a journalist to be that way because you know listen there's people you don't want to talk to mm-hmm. and there are hard questions sometimes that you have to ask and how do you stay unbiased it's so hard I'm sure you it's, have no, your it's own really opinions. hard and i do have my own opinions and i think that i think this day and age people want to hear your opinions more than ever i think it's really hard to completely play it down the middle and so but I do think that I'm able to just check some of that at the door because ultimately I think I'm an astute viewer of these shows. I'm not I'm not watching it super passively. I'm like watching it on like a deeper level, I think. And I think there's a lot of people out there that do that. But, you know, I don't want to I don't want to close any doors for myself. I'm still kind of at the beginning of this whole thing for myself. And so, like, for me to go in there and just ask the quick questions, to try to get all the tea like that's not going to you're not going to want to come back to talk to me. And that's not going to create a, for a good interview. Like I want to have a conversation. I want to have a free, free flowing situation. And if we get to the hot topics that you spill some tea with me, great. But if somebody walks away from, from listening to an interview that I did and it's just, it was a fun thing to listen to, then I'm happy with that too. You know, I think that some people are so good at getting the tea and I don't think that that's something that I always strive for because somebody else can get it. You know what I mean? Some there's There are plenty of other people that are in my position that can like, can dig for that. and. That's not my MO. No. Now, when you get like an assignment, like, you know, when they're like, okay, you have to interview this person. Do they ever give you specifics that like you need to get this scandal Mm -hmm. or else like don't come back? I book all my own people. I think of all my own questions. And the difference is that sometimes you're told, let's stay like a publicist or somebody will say, let's stay away from this. Let's not ask this. Mm -hmm. And usually I'm okay with that. But like there was a recent example where... I was interviewing somebody on a show and they were like, we can't talk about this one scandal. And I'm like, okay, well, then like, what's the point? It's just going to be an elephant in the room at that point. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, why would I, <laughs> why, why do I interview somebody on a show where like, there's like a world shaking scandal and we're just not going to acknowledge it for 20 mm-hmm. minutes. That's silly to me. But usually if it's like, okay, this is a sensitive topic for somebody and I'll like, oh, I'll ask about it in sort of a roundabout way. And if they get to it themselves, great. But I want to make people feel comfortable, you know, and I don't, Again, I want people to want to come back and talk to me next year, you know, and there's a reason why I've interviewed Margaret pretty much every season, yes, you know, and you. and I think one of the things that complicates it for me is that Twitter is such a big thing for me where I, I I do share my thoughts on a lot of things, 
but I always want it to feel rooted in coming from a good place or just like a little bit more like, again, thinking about it on a deeper level versus just like, oh, this person's a flop or I hate this person or or just because I like this person doesn't mean I have to hate the other person. You know what I mean? I think it's, it's you don't have to be team this or team that all the time. Sometimes, yes. And sometimes you kind of have to like, you have to pick a side, I think, on certain things. Yes. Especially when there's, to me, an objective right and wrong. Like I, I can think of a couple Bravo examples in recent memory where it's like, if you didn't speak out about a certain thing, then like, I'm not really sure like I question your morals sometimes. It's like, I agree. Mm-hmm. you know, it's like, I agree. it's like Jen Shaw of it all. Yeah. I'm going to speak out against Jen Shaw. You know what I mean? Because I think that she committed crimes in my opinion. So it's like, she did. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, even, even just some of the behavior on a show, you know, I, I think Jersey's as a, as a, is a, is a, a tough topic. So we don't need to go there, but <laughs> like, but tough. like, you know, Vanderpump rules mm-hmm. to me, both the Toms are acting a fool this entire, not just Sandoval, also Schwartz. And I don't like how they're tweet- treating the women on that show. And I'm going to, I'm going to say that, you know, I don't need to interview them this season. No, you know no, what I mean? It's not. like, yeah. so there's certain things where it's like, of course, I'm going to speak out about it. I don't know. It's it's a case by case basis, though, sometimes. Have you always been like obsessed or into pop culture? Obsessed. I watched The Wizard of Oz every day when I was five years old. I have watched. I mean, I was watching PG-13 movies when I was six or seven because my I have an older brother that was has similar interests that I do. Reading people, ma- my mom's people magazine growing up you know, playing with Barbies. Like it was like, I was always, it was always something that I loved. And I don't really know. I think because my mom is into it. You yes. Know? Yeah. Bravo. I mean, we were, we were watching Bravo since 2006. You know, it's, it was always on in my house. The TV's always on. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> so yeah, it's it, I for as long as I can remember. Love it. Always. Now, when it comes to like interviewing people, was this a career path that you thought you were going to take? So I went to the University of Michigan and they I knew I liked media and they had communications, which is like the most like general, all encompassing major you could do. And they also had a film major. And I was like, I like movies. I don't really want to be like a producer or like a screenwriter or director, but like I'll I'll go watch movies in class. Like that sounds fun. So I did that and communications because you couldn't do a journalism major. You couldn't do PR. You could. So I just did that. And then I kind of fell into it. Like I, I knew, again, I knew I liked pop culture. I knew I liked media. I knew I liked writing. I wrote for my school newspaper in Michigan. And it just like kind of slowly morphed into what it was. Like I just, I started writing for AOL, under like the general homepage and then gravitated towards entertainment. And I saw people interviewing people and I was like, I want to do that. So I went to the entertainment editor and I was like, if you ever have people that you don't have time for, you have conflict with, Maybe you're just not even that interested in talking to them. I want to talk to them because I want to get practice. I want to I want to cut my teeth talking to the random actress who's 20 years old on an ABC show. I want to talk to, you know, somebody on HGTV who has a show that airs at noon, but I've never heard of them. But I can ask them questions and get practice in. And then when it comes to Real Housewives or maybe actresses that people have heard of or bigger celebrities, I feel more comfortable doing that. And that's how I sort of got the ball rolling there. That was a very smart way to do it. That absolutely. Now, is there somebody who you are dying to interview who you haven't interviewed as of yet? Like dying. your dream interview. Mm. Dream interview. I mean, my I would say like one of my heroes in life is Serena Williams. Yes. I'd done one virtual thing with her when she was pregnant. It was for 10 minutes and it was kind of blink and you miss it. It happened, but like I would love to sit down with her for 45 minutes and just talk. Same with like a lot of the big pop stars. They don't really do that many big interviews, but I'd love to talk to Miley. I'd love to talk to, you know, any of those women. It's kind of like the ones that I think are unreachable, but I think Mm -hmm. just putting it out there, who knows? Who knows down the road if I could get to some of those people? No, for sure. I'm sure you could. Are you a tennis player? I played tennis all through growing up, all through high school. I just, last year I started taking lessons again because I missed it. I realized that in adulthood, you kind of miss that. Obviously you work out, you go to workout classes, you go to the gym, whatever. You can join like a rec, whatever league, but I miss the competitiveness. And so I started taking lessons again last, last summer. And I, it's really filled a void for me. It's like one of those things I like was turning 30 and I was like, there's something I feel like there's in my day to day. There's something I had tell a tennis lesson the other day in, in Brooklyn. I, it's so fun. <laughs> I want to start tennis again. Some of my yeah, mom friends oh, took yeah. up tennis this year. I sucked. I Everybody, but it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's so fun. It's a social thing too. It is. You know, well, everybody's so pickleball. pickleball Everyone's obsessed pickleball, with pickleball, pickleball. and pickleball. I like pickleball, but I'm I'm tennis at heart. 
I feel like I will be a tennis person at heart. Yeah, I like the outfits. I'm the outfits, is cute, but yeah. like I'm quite it's competitive. <laughs> I'm really quite competitive when it comes to things like that. Yeah, I know. I'm it's, like it's, a John McEnroe type. It, it definitely like scratches an itch that I didn't realize I needed scratching, you know? Yeah, for sure. So. Now, now, who's overrated? Who's mm-hmm. like getting all this media hype that's getting overrated? Like overrated. besides the tree huggers. <laughs> Oh the tree stumps is like the tree stumps as you and like i'm not say. saying it's Teresa because it's not Teresa, but i think the stumps the stumps what is overrated right now oof that is a really good question i have i do you have an answer i, I have something that is a very controversial point of view and this is no shade to taylor swift because mm. i live for taylor swift okay. i listen to taylor swift all the time and she's so powerful. She took back did Taylor's version. Like she's a trailblazer. She's amazing. But the amount of velocity that the Taylor Swift fans, these Swifties have the momentum that they've got, like the way they tore through Nashville. It's amazing. But I'm like, she's Taylor Swift. She's not the Rolling Stones. She's not the Beatles. And that could be me being an old lady and being like cranky about things not being the way they used to be. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to the Taylor Swift concert in New York <laughs> but at MetLife, but I agree. Seeing the TikToks of people lining up at 5 a.m. just to buy a sweatshirt before her concert. Yes, or that's like, crazy. It's, it's a lot. <laughs> it's like, a lot. Can you just order one online or something? Or like, and it's, on the one hand, it's sweet, but on the other hand, it's a lot where it's like there's thousands of people outside of the stadium during the concert singing along to the songs. Have you seen this? No. People would, will try I to mean, have a, like, people, it'll be like, on, it'll be people. like, there's like a, it's like an outdoor football stadium and there's like a sliver in the side of the stadium where you can sort of see the screen. Thousands of people will be standing in that area watching the concert who didn't have tickets. Oh, wow. It's now I double down on my theory because that <laughs> yes, is so because that's, that's like a can little, that's a little crazy. You drive to the stadium, you pay for your parking and then you just stand outside. No, people I can't. do that. I just I know. cannot. That's like a lot. And this is no shade to Taylor because I really do like it. But that one is just like, I can't get behind it. I <laughs> yeah. Cannot. And I, yeah, I think she's amazing. But people have to just pull it, pull it together. Well, I think things now build velocity so quickly. Mm. And I, I would love your opinion on this, because especially because you are so like prevalent on Twitter. Like, what is it? about these new platforms, like about the platforms, the way they've developed that becomes so polarizing. Like how do things gain so momentum and like stars become stars that like people will be like, oh, how do you not know who that is? She has 17 million followers on TikTok. I'm like, I don't I know. know. Cause I don't I go know. on there TikTok. There's so many stars you never heard of that just have such, it's just like everything's been so fragmented and it's so, I mean, which, which I think is cool on the one hand, but like for Taylor Swift, for example, Remember six years ago, people hated her. It was when mm-hmm. Kim and Kanye, quote unquote, revealed her for being, you know, talking out of both sides of her mouth. She came back and then the pandemic, she released these secret albums. And that's when the tide started turning around her, which was like she could do more what, serious music. She was working with these like male musicians. And it was I feel I have complicated feelings about it because I've always been a fan of hers. But yes. then she started releasing this like more like rock acoustic music and then people who didn't like her pop stuff were taking her seriously. And that's when she sort of gained this whole other legion of fans. And then it's like the TikTok of it all has also added to that of like this newer, this newer form of a fan, which is like they want to go through every detail and and see, you know, try to pick out the codes of like what she's telling us, like through her her messages on Instagram and through her album notes. Like it's and, the Da Vinci code. Right, exactly. I mean, and like, and like she, and she, she, she's savvy, but it's a lot of the time it's such, it's such a reach. And it's these things that just sort of snowball or like the theories about her and like some of her female friends and how they're actually romantic. And like- Oh, I saw that this yeah, week. There, there's so many things and it's like, the internet has gotten so fragmented that I think people are so desperate to like create content that like will catch your eye that they just like essentially start making things up. <laughs> essentially, that's what it is. I in agree. Terms of, we know how that goes. Uh, we know how exactly. That goes. And that happens in the Bravo verse too. You know, it happens with, I mean, some of the Dumois stuff or like blind items or things like that. And it's like, once you just put it out there, people can take that and roll yeah, with it according think, to a report or according hmm. to this or that, you know? I mean, there's a lot of alleged things. A according lot. to Bridget Everett. 
<laughs> not happy with Bridget Everett. I didn't, what, why are we not happy well, with Bridget Everett? I didn't Everett? see it, but apparently on Watch What Happens Live, she alluded that jo- that Margaret should be careful because, you know, she was worried. She was worried. Joe. I still like Bridget Everett, but I think because I said, with Joe. I think J- I said Joe's a stage five this. clinger. Oh, right. And then she said, you know, and then they showed pictures of, you know, Joe and Lexi together. So I think oh, everyone's I, I very. this whole Talk moment. about a fucking reach. Oh, my That's God. That's a reach, Bridget. I don't know the I mean, show I'm, they showed the pictures, but like I didn't. I missed no, but a I lot of Bridget. people were are writing, you know, they're trying, you know, people are upset with me this season. So a lot of people are writing that Joe and Lexi, I should be concerned about Lexi and that Joe. What again, if we were again, people will say anything. People will say anything people, just to get some attention. Joe is, you know, Joe, Lex, even though Lexi's a sister to me, Joe is like Lexi's father. Mm. He gave yeah, her away course, at her wedding. Course. He's a he's good like a grandfather he's to my tw- son, you know? Yes, like, he's 25 years older than her. But, you know, people want to make things stick. People, and it, it's very interesting. I mean, I actually find it very interesting. You guys should post, a, you guys should post a three-person picture and just like we say totally that you're a throuple. Oh, I Honestly. said that. I wrote okay, that good. to someone the other good. day, a throuple. <laughs> just people, play with it at this point. Yeah, people, <laughs> people are saying these things, but that's what it is. People try to make things stick. And do you feel like, because I feel like sometimes people say that thing, say that just to get like somebody like you or your attention and to get the reaction out of you. Do you feel like that? Like I said, because I feel like sometimes the best reaction is no reaction or having humor about it. Yes. I wrote that the other day that it's a trouble. But what I what I think is interesting. Do you think, you know, it's changed so much that anybody could say anything Mm -hmm. without any thing backing it up? Nothing has to have a basis anymore. No, nothing. No, I mean, it's like and it's acceptable. Yeah, I think and 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 things things just get so twisted too. So like even you could put out maybe you did have a theory about, you know, Taylor Swift and Carly Kloss. Maybe you had yes. a theory about it and you put a video about that. But like just because you have a theory about it doesn't mean it makes it fact. And then an outlet will pick up a TikTok of somebody's theory and do like fan speculate. And then it's all about the wording, right? It's like, and then it becomes according to a report. And then it becomes it it snowballs and it's like. I think, again, people are just so desperate to like get a click and to get a view and to get a reaction that they'll say anything. It's so upsetting. So when we and read according and it's out to there. report, we should be careful. We should know. That I mean, like I, that it's it's like a lot of time click on click on the link mm-hmm. where it says report. And if that's coming from to see where that's coming from. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's unfortunate that even just reading the news or reading your social media feed requires so much more th- a thought. You can't take things at face value yeah, anymore. You can't mm-hmm. take things of, of headlines. No. Either. Well, and reputable news sources too now either. Like it's really hard because it's very swayed and public opinion so in that it is, it's a scary thing. Like they used to fact check everything, right? Yeah. Like you couldn't print an article without fact checking. Totally. Right? Oh yeah. Like I used to, at my first job, I there were moments where I sort of like got reminded of that. You know what <laughs> I mean? It's like, it's, it used to be much more, t- taken much more seriously. It's yeah. Crazy. So now, so it's, it's unfortunate. So, out of the Bravo verse, yes. what shows are you currently watching? What do you love? Well, I'll tell you what I'm watching. The only ones that I don't really watch are Below Deck, and I not it's not because I don't like them; it's because I just don't have the time. Okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> so I watch Mondays are some is Summer House, mm-hmm. okay. Tuesdays Jersey, mm-hmm. Wednesday is Vanderpump Rules, mm-hmm. Thursday is Top Chef. Sunday is Atlanta and the new Martha's Vineyard Summer House, which oh, I, I love. Watch which the is new Martha's super good. I've only, seen the, only had one episode. It's really promising. Like, it's a great cast. It's really promising. Those are my Bravo shows. And then I watch like sort of like the total other end of the spectrum to balance it out. So I'll watch like the prestige stuff. I'll watch HBO. I'll watch, you know, the good Netflix dramas. Yes. Because I, I have to, I have to balance it. Otherwise, I agree. And, and I, me not, too. And I don't, and I hate calling it like, you know, low tier television or guilty pleasure. I hate when people label reality that. I think that's so dismissive. And I think it has to do a lot with the fact that like a lot of women and gay men watch these shows. But that's another conversation. But I have to balance it out just for my own sake. You know what I mean? Like I, when I watch Housewives, I want to follow it up with the latest HBO show. Just Which, to, I mean, my brain. I'm a big succession yeah. watcher. Love succession. It's been so good this season. It's so good. It's Lexi is very bad. I just want to add this out there to the world for them to I listen. Get it again. Gibson, I just want you to know, Lexi does not really watch much TV. She can't sit through anything. I d- is I, it an attention thing? Is it's it, an attention okay. thing. So what captures your attention? Nothing. <laughs> so, the last thing that captured my attention was Pose. So, which is a great show. But what do you, so like at night, like after dinner, what do you do? I'm usually like 
running around with my kids right. and I'll work a little more or we have events like yeah. almost okay. you every keep busy night. Otherwise. I just, you know, I, I don't have like a ton of time. And also I'm single. So I think it, when you have someone to cuddle up with and watch a yeah. show with and I'm single too, it, but I don't have a kid. So that's, <laughs> I have more time. And the kid and Nino, you know, Nino likes some shows that, you know, that we've watched some things together. He watched Pose with me because he was a little too young to really know what was right, going totally on. totally. Love it. But now he's four. So there's things like you told me to watch something. And then someone was like, oh, yeah, there's like a really big anal scene in the beginning. And I was like, oh, it's going to be great for me and, you know, that. to sit down to like a great yes. anal scene. Love. Like, you know, yeah, so I'm like, I told you, you that. Yeah, I said, maybe don't, you know, maybe don't watch that. But, you know, so I, I just have a hard time. My kid goes to bed late. So I just Honestly, have a hard time. I, I have I have some envy of you because I feel like whenever there's a hot show, I have like I in my bones, I have to watch it. Like that's yeah, just like I'm how the I same am. way. I you have a mean? thing. I think television is my escape mm -hmm. and and I could really binge and watch things that I'm also watching Buckus. I have not watched that yet. Pete, Pete Davidson, Davidson show have not. Is it good? It's phenomenal. Okay. Need and I watch. think it's very good and very twisted. Uh -huh. And I could, you know, I wasn't a Pete Davidson fan till I watched this. And, mm -hmm. I, and I'm not really, I mean, I don't dislike him. I'm just not enamored by him in the same way that other people are, I would say. But I maybe I'll try it. When you watch it, it's so twisted and so fabulous and semi-autobiographical and it's actually phenomenal uh -huh. and I, I just love it it's so crazy i'm i'm doing queen charlotte right now it's the bridgerton spinoff do you guys watch bridgerton yes yes is it's it about good? the queen it's episodes. the origin story of the queen it's very good okay so i yes. can watch that six also. episodes i mean marvelous mrs mazel huge fan huge fa joe and Final i season. huge fan yes i did I, watch the first two seasons because i was breastfeeding so i was very go. stationary okay, that, that, that's, you need to yeah we need <laughs> but, to pass some time the, that way but this last season i love the way they're doing it. same how it's just like current and you know like the end of it like the 90s yes. and then and flashing well, it's, back it's, spoiler alert it's like basically the whole time of the, on the show you know that she is so funny yes but she's Every season she runs up against a roadblock that makes her not not successful. She doesn't she can't kind of break that next barrier. And finally, this season, we're getting flash forwards that basically confirm, OK, she she did get to like Joan Rivers level. She did oh. get to like this. She found success. And I think that as fans who like have put it in all this time with her, it's like valid. It's validating and it's, yes. and, it's and it's rewarding to, to finally end with, OK, she, she found out a way to make it work. You know what I mean? See, I get joy from that because I Me did too. enjoy that yes. show so Me too. much. So and to know that is good. And that also like to to loop it back to like why we're here is like I don't watch Housewives to watch a downfall. That is not why I watch Housewives. And I think a lot of people do at this point. But I want the best for pretty much everybody on these shows. Yes. You know what I mean? Unless I think that they're like bad people. But like I don't watch it for that for the downfall to, to to take people down. I think that there's too much of that right now on, especially on social media around these shows. It's like the objective is to tear a woman down. It's like, that's just not what Housewives is about. Like, of course we love the drama. I'm not going to say that we don't love that, but ultimately like, I just feel like some people are watching for the wrong reasons. That's what I think. I, I feel like I that agree. comes from Twitter also though. I feel like there's become like a real parallel as social media has forged forward, it's forged these underbellies on Reddit and Twitter and yeah. all these other places that breed like just this mean spirited like camaraderie. And I, and I don't understand why. I don't get it either. It's a, it's a little bizarre. Did you watch the Air movie? Yes, I loved it. There's that speech that Matt Damon gives Michael Jordan's mother where he says, you know, people are going to build you up and then they're going to tear you down and watch you go down, you know, and you're going to go through all these horrible things and, you know, which actually does happen to Michael Jordan. Mm -hmm. But of course, that now he makes four hundred million dollars a month, <laughs> basically, or 40 right, million, exactly. you know, in royalties. But that's all licensing. FYI. Yeah. What are we doing? <laughs> you know, what are we doing? Wrong? I mean, I do well in my licensing, but not four hundred million a month. Oh, someone has to learn to play basketball. I know. Exactly. <laughs> or maybe tennis. 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 Lexi, yes! come on. The Lexi um, shoe. No, but it's it's human nature. But then people are going to yes. rally for you to get back up. Yeah. Yeah. It's like an American story to build it up and tear down. Yes, it and, is. Yeah. Which and, is sad. Which is sad. And I don't. Yeah, it's it's sad. And I and I I understand why it applies to Housewives, but I I just don't really get the the joy that some people under, take from ripping people apart. <laughs> it is because I guess they're sad in their own lives. They want to yeah. see people. I j it's a weird. And that's thing. what I try to remind myself when you get the mean comment. I mean, you 
face so much more Ooh, than do I do. I get, I uh, no, get it's it beyond. Bad. I, I, but I, and I, I, I think just, so bad. I don't know. I think when you're strong in your convictions, yes, it's you know people are not happy about it, and mm-hmm. I and I and I do think that's hard. Yeah. No, I agree. It, it's a it's a hard position to take. It's hard for me as a person to be any different. I think at my age, it's just like. I can't be wishy-washy. I think it's very hard for me to be around people that are wishy-washy. And I think that's why sometimes I don't do as well, you know, in the public eye. Yeah, I do well in the public eye. I'm not going to say. I mean, you have a big fan in me and so many people. It's just like at a certain point, if so many people like you, there's going to be a faction of people that that grows that just because people like you, they're going to dislike you. They want to be contrarian. They want to be... They want to take the unpopular opinion just because yes. you know what I mean. Yes. So I think true. sometimes you have to remind yourself of that yes. too. But so so now to go back to you. So you you love your career. Where do you see yourself ten years from now? Like where do you want your your career? You you write so beautifully. Mm-hmm. You give a great interview. Do you see yourself ever doing a talk show? Do you? I would. That'd be my dream for your, sure. Your dream I would, love would to, to have be a talk show. A talk show once a week, every day whatever it is, whatever. I would love that because I think my interview style is not for everybody, but I think it's for enough people. And I think it appeals to enough people where, again, I try to be, I try to make it just interesting and like free flowing and not not j- jumping around to all the hot topics. That's what I want. And I, and I know just from feedback directly from people is like they feel comfortable talking to me. A lot of people do and they enjoy talking to me. And that brings me so much joy that people say that to me because that means I'm doing something right, you know, and and sometimes I'll walk away from an interview and be like, oh, that didn't go as what where I wanted it to go or something. And but then somebody will DM me and say, I loved that interview or and it's little things like that that tell me that I'm on the right path. And I think that what's hard right now is that there's so much happening in media and especially new media where it's like people are getting fired left and right, like companies are shutting down and it's it's so unclear, like how to make that work. How How do you get to that next level because what does what does this world even look like in five years you know what I mean mm. and I'm just I just try to take it like week by week honestly but I do have that vision for myself where it's like I want to be I, I like talking to people it's not necessarily only for like the vanity of being on tv and that's and that's fun or being on on people's screens but it's more just about that I like talking to people when I when even just in day-to-day conversations I like asking people questions and that's just interesting to me and I like that it brings me joy that people like listening to me ask those questions. Yes. It's also, I think what your niche also is, you're very disarming mm-hmm. and not offensive or abrasive. <laughs> and and that right. is a talent yeah. that a lot of people don't have. And I feel like that gets people very far in life that people want to mm, open up to totally. you mm-hmm. and speak to you. And I think it took a while for me to realize that. You know, I think I think even just having a lot to say about pop culture things for all my life to my friends. It took me a while to realize that not everybody is keeping up with all the shows or not everybody has opinions on, on these things, but they they do want to hear them from people. And it took a while for me to like be sure enough in myself and my opinions and who I am to, to be confident enough to put that out there or to realize, okay, like dis- disarming people is something that I'm pretty good at. Let me lean into that, you know? And I it just it's, it's it's a confidence thing. It's a, it's a self it's a self confidence thing. It's a, I think it comes with. I mean, in your twenties, you're so all over the place, you know. And I think that I finally like felt rooted in something, and this is what it was. Okay, you know? so should- I think you went to a good thing because I say all the time, like there's a positivity culture that's sweeping through media mm. that people are like Kelly Clarkson. Oh. Drew yes. Barrymore. There's a reason why they're so successful right now. Yeah, yes. People need that. I agree. Like it doesn't all have to be horrendous. I agree. I agree. Know? And it doesn't all have to be for the headline or the clickbait. Like I just, yeah. again, if that happens to come out in a conversation, great. Because that means that you got to a point of truth naturally and and just authentically. But again, that's not necessarily what, I, I wish that not everything had to be about that, you know, but I that's just kind of the world we live in right now. <laughs> did anyone? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Lex. No, did anyone ever drop a bomb in an interview and you were like, oh, shit, I didn't see that coming and you did not know where to go with it? I think sometimes what's especially now that a lot of things are still virtual for me, what's hard or what, well, it's hard, but it's a moment where I sometimes don't really know where to take it is when somebody gets emotional. And that happens kind of a lot with me. It's like people tear up or they start crying. And I because, again, we got to a place where that happens. 
and I sometimes I I can't reach out and touch their touch their their shoulder and and like you know comfort them because it's through a screen, and I've learned a little bit how to deal with that. But those are moments where I really am like, whoa! Like one, <laughs> how did we get here? And two, like what do I do next? Yes. <laughs> you know? I try. I think usually my my what I my go to is just to like make it lighter again really quickly because it's like I don't want to. I don't want to like exacerbate the emotion. They got there. Great. Let's really draw it back a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Tell me. Okay. So now some quick little pop culture yes. questions. Mm-hmm. Who do you think is someone who isn't getting enough attention? That's really talented, you know, in any, in any genre, not getting enough attention who's really talented. I know that's a kind of hard. Yeah, yeah. No, I I think she's started she just started to get enough attention, which is Kiki Palmer. Mm-hmm. I've I've said for years yes. that she is somebody in my generation of millennials, she I think is like the most natural star we have. She walks into a room and she has she exudes star power. She is can I curse on the show? Yeah. She's of fucking hilarious and she is so talented. She does great music, which does not get enough attention. Mm-hmm. She does is like the definition of somebody who can do it all. And I don't think that she's gotten the fully right opportunity to display that. You know, even yes. she used to, she did the Met Cala red carpet a couple of years ago and it was amazing. Was laughing my ass off. This year's Vogue stream was not very good because it was boring. And then she, it got taken away from her. It's like that would, that was the perfect platform. Like she's such a good, she's so good at talking to people. And I just, she's a huge star to me. Someone we know did like an influencer event with her and said she was one of the most incredible humans Mm -hmm. they ever met. I interviewed her her last year and her publicist texted me afterwards. Again, this is one of those moments where it's like, I did something right. She, he was like, she's obsessed with you. One of her favorite interviews she's done in so I long. Love that. And I, again, it's just one of, they didn't have to say that, <laughs> you know, they're, no, they're yeah. making that up, you know? So that yeah. was like such a validating thing. No, that makes oh, you feel good. 100%. You know, that's, that's a good yeah. feeling. Yes. Okay. So now, now the shady opposite question, yes. mm-hmm. who's overrated, who gets more attention than they deserve? Hmm. Who's overrated? It just gets more I attention think- than they deserve. I think the D'Amelio's a little bit. The D'Amelio family from TikTok. Yes. I don't, they're good people. And I've, I've, I've worked with them before. But I just think there's an X factor missing. And I sometimes, and it, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, they're the people that first broke out from TikTok. And I kind of, there's much more like naturally talented people yes, there. I agree. That you, yeah. you want to root they for. They don't have the personalities. Yeah. No, exactly. Yeah. It's like Zero they, personality. They tried to make them a Kardashian type show on Hulu and I just don't think it hits in no, the same they, way. They don't have the personality. What I will say is she's an unbelievable dancer. She won Dancing with the Stars. I mean, and, and, when and I, she, yeah. she would bring me the tears with her dancing, but the personality wasn't there. No, I agree. She, she's a, there's object, she's objectively a good dancer. And it's yeah. not, it's just personality wise, I need a little more. Yes, <laughs> I know? agree. I need a little more edge, and, I think. And she's young and everything else. And I just think, but that's what it is. It's very funny because people come across on social media one way, but when you go in front of the camera, mm-hmm. It's something totally different. I agree. You know, I've said that numerous times about people have tried out for housewives. I'm not going to name any names. Some of my personal friends who've tried for housewives. No, not that freak who tried to go behind my back. We're not talking about her. We're not talking about her. But I'm saying other people, they're not their Instagram. They're not Mm -hmm. their TikTok. They're not their social media. There is something when you get in front of the camera and in front of the world, they don't have it when it's live. When it's you have to be on your feet. You have to. You, you don't get three takes, you know, no, it's, you don't. It's just like it's instantaneous. Yes. You you have to have it. It's not being the most gorgeous girl in the room. It's 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 just something well, about it. I think it's what you've built your whole career on. It's personal human connection in the moment. And when influencers are connecting with themselves in a camera, mm-hmm. it's very easy to deliver things. But when it comes to human connection, we've been in rooms with a lot of like influencers at, at one time and like no one could look each other in the eye. It's so no, strange. And they're, and they're just not their Instagram. And I'm just like, what are you people doing? They're there for a photo and that's it. Yeah. There was a TikTok that went viral recently talking all about that. It was like a new TikTok influencer or something. And she was like, I just went to my first brand event and I had the most, I had the worst time because there was this group of other influencers who were just there to take pictures. And I went up to them wanting to ask questions and they were so dismissive to her because again, they don't, it's just about them 
And it's like, yeah, you have to fight for yourself and whatever, but like you also be friendly to other people. That's like part of the, that's part of the game to me. I think people remember when you're nice. So yes, I absolutely agree with that. I find it very upsetting when I go out to dinner and you know, I'm, I don't think I'm that guilty of this. No, you're I am not. very, you're very present, present when I go out to dinner. Mm-hmm. I'm not on my phone. I'm not looking in the, you know, camera the whole time texting but that pisses me off mm-hmm. because you have to be engaging and present 100%. and interested and a lot of people aren't and i think that's part of again this just age we live in it's like people just think that it's just easy to it's almost like it's like a god-given right for them to like be a star or or get an opportunity or whatever and it's like no it takes a lot of hard work <laughs> to get it does. these opportunities it does take a lot of hard work it's also and sustain it backed up into like offending the actual stars to me there was a girl that was there was a big article in the cut or whatever it was about a girl that went to Coachella an influencer and she was like oh I was so exhausted I've taken all my pictures day one I had to leave because I was just like so tired and it's like okay Coachella <gasps> like there's bands <laughs> that like worked on their set list and they thought to themselves how am I going to deliver like an amazing set like Coachella is not like a fashion show it's not like a brand collaboration it's not an activation it's a music fucking festival. I mean, I used to go to Coachella. I used to see every band and I would think about how I was going to run from one stage to another and get to see everyone I wanted to see. And we talk about their set lists for weeks. Now it's not that. And that upsets me. Yeah, I know what you're saying. It's it's like disrespectful to the hustle. Yeah, it is. Done. It absolutely. You know, so speaking of the cut, what are you reading? What do you like to read? Who do you think has amazing people who my favorite amazing publica- journalists? My favorite publication is New York Mag, which is the cut. It's Vulture. Oh, yes. I still uh, yeah. me too. Like, I'm big with the New York Mag. I subscribe Mag. to the print edition. You know, like I have it's like there's something about them because I think it's such a good mix of highbrow and lowbrow, like intellectual takes on pop culture. I love yes. that. Like that's sort of like my I love that. Do you um, read Brian Moylan? Yes, love, I do too. He's he's, I love, he's, I do he's a love friend. Brian like, Moylan. and I, I I was running around BravoCon with him last year. He's I really, such a gem. I really do love that Brian Moylan. His his brain works in a way that nobody else's brain works. That's I love. right. He, you know, he he reads between the lines on these shows in a way that's really hard. He to does, do. and I'm very grateful. Yes, he, little shout a, out to the. Brian. He's a total pro. What else do I love? I love. There's actually this guy, this British writer who writes a lot about Bravo now. Called his name is Lewis Staples or Louis. I don't know. I'm not sure how you pronounce it, but he is. He lives in in England. And he writes really good articles, kind of similarly to Brian, but a little bit more like not as recappy, but he just kind of like deep dives on like a, a topic. He just released one actually about kind of based on Jersey and like how whether these shows are tearing families apart or not. And oh, things there like was. That. Yeah. Was look real, at it was Rolling Ro- Stone. It was in Rolling Stone. He, yeah, he I read the Rolling yeah, Stone he, He's article. a really good writer. And I think that he. Very they, well he, done. Yeah, he very thinks well very done. deeply and about these. And it was painful. That was a painful article. Totally. So you're going to read that. I'm going to send that. Yeah. And it's based on the Gorgas and the Judices, but it's also bigger than that talks about other people as well and just whether is it like are people are people's families breaking apart because of shows or were they already breaking apart and they went on a show you know what i mean there's a distinction i guess it was very interesting i don't i don't know if there's an answer there but i think that he's a really good writer and again i just like i just like when people lob something up that's different you know it's not it's not regurgitating the same old opinions everyone has i know i love to read an actual publication i love to hold the paper I, i'm very much a big magazine buyer love that ma- I, I love I, a magazine i mean my house love. is stacked with magazines everywhere yeah. right Lex? Yeah, i go great. i don't have to buy them because she's already it. bought them yeah i have ny mag vogue and vanity fair me too big vanity fair yes, reader love myself. Vanity fair. i i think i want to put that out to our listeners please buy magazines yes. because i don't want to see them go away support print yeah, yeah print journalism it's 100%. super important when someone tells me they don't read and I would like to read more, it pisses me off. Yeah. 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 I, I like to read books, too. I, I try like it's it's hard to find the time, but it's it's rewarding to actually read a physical book, I think, as well. Like once Very. you complete a book, it's like it shouldn't feel as rewarding as it is almost because it's like, OK, you read a book. But like, <laughs> I know there's something about it there, you know, and all that flashing on the computer is not always good for your brain. I agree. No. You know, by the way, not little kids, it's not it's all that flashing lights mm-hmm. really. I don't care what anyone says does cause ADD. It's true. A, fam- mm-hmm. a famous neurologist. I just want to put this out there. When my son was little, he said, and my son does he? He doesn't really have ADD, but it, they did say that flashing lights is very bad for children. It causes the synapses in the brain mm. not to function correctly. The worst thing is computers and the flashing lights. That's why they say you could have a seizure in a nightclub yeah. with all the flashing mm. lights. So it is true. More reading, 
less less yeah. computer time, less phone time. I say it to myself. I just want to say, read things that Gibson writes about. <laughs> listen to him talk. Listen to him speak. He's calming. It's like therapy for your soul about oh pop culture. Gosh. I really do feel that way. Oh my God, that's it. so nice of you to no, say. No, but it is because really there nice is something you. about you that that's very calming. People want to open up to you. So everybody who comes on the podcast, we ask these three questions. Okay. I, I think you can inspire other people. What was your big boy panty moment where you're like, I got to pull my big boy pants. It's a sink or swim moment. I think a big one was my first red carpet I ever did. I was working Tuesday to Saturday. Saturdays, I was doing it. It was a 2 p.m. till a 10 p.m. shift where I was basically running a homepage. And that was just a sort of when I alluded to earlier, where I was just like anything you, you don't want assigned to me entertainment wise, interview wise. And it was the Friday before my Saturday shift. And they were like, the entertainment editor came up to me and said, do you want to go to Heidi Klum's Halloween party tomorrow? Wow. And I said, of course, when and where? And it was during my Saturday shift. So I had to find a replacement. But of course, this is like a big opportunity to. And she was like, you're going to get time with Heidi on the red carpet. And I'd never done a red carpet before in my life. I had no idea how they worked. So I, I have my friend do this like really intense skeleton makeup because her whole thing is she does the big costumes. Yes, I, was like, yeah, I, I, have to, I have to show up and show out, right? Yeah. So I had this like amazing Dia de los Muertos, like half face green skeleton, skeleton jumpsuit, go to the red carpet at Lavo in Midtown. And this was the year that she was Jessica Rabbit. So she <gasps> had the big like fake silicone breasts, the, the, the va-va-voom red dress. She did a whole dance on the red carpet. And I talked to J-Lo. I talked to Heidi Klum. I talked to Gigi Hadid. Oh my God. And it was, I'd never done anything like that in my entire life. And I just kind of looked around at what people were doing. <laughs> and I didn't have a camera crew. It was just me and my phone recording, like on the whatever audio thing. I just looked at what people were doing. I had no idea what to do. And it, I, I learned so much that night about what the behind the scenes of a red carpet is like, you know, what publicists are doing on the red carpet, you know, how to sort of, you have to yell for you have to yell for people on red carpets. Sometimes I was yelling people. I, I felt like a total fool, but that's what everyone else was doing. Yes, so I just yes, kind of copied, and it worked, you know. And then a month later, because I did well at that, they sent me to the Glamour Winner of the Year awards, and that was one of the, that was the year that Reese Witherspoon was being honored, or one of the honorees. And the woman who sent me said, "You know, Reese is a very nice woman, but sometimes you can catch her at an off moment, or she." isn't in the mood to talk like not not that she was mean just yes. you know that, you know how it is and I was like and she was like when in doubt ask about her kid and this and the glamour women of the year was all about women empowerment you know being a good example paving the way and so Reese is coming down the, all the honorees went all the way down the carpet which is really nice and Reese is coming down her public the publicist comes first and it's you know you're gonna everyone's gonna get one question with her or one minute with her or something, but nothing about her personal life. And I was standing right next to another outlet. And I was like, okay, great. The outlet right before me asks her, the one question they have is, so tell me about blah, blah, blah in your marriage. The publicist rips Reese away and starts dragging her off the carpet. She's so pissed. And, and I, I remember the woman telling me, when in doubt, ask about the kids. So I just yell out to Reese from like 10 feet away. I'm like, Reese, how does it feel to be such a good example for your daughter? And she turns around <laughs> and she walks right back to me and she answers my question. I got two minutes with her. That was perfect. You know, and that was, again, my second red carpet ever. And it's just, again, that was, I guess that was a sink or swim moment, but it's like, you know, you learn as you go along. And I just, yeah, I just, I just, so I just observed and I went with my instinct. I just want to ask you a question about another journalist who I felt very bad for. And he's a young man. And I don't know if you saw it. His name's, they, he goes by Ryan Myers, Ryan Myers. And he had, did you see that Tony Danza clip when Tony no. was very mean to him? No, I didn't see that. All right, then we're not going to talk about oh, it. We'll talk about okay. it after. Okay. Tony Danza was very degrading. He does mm. Broadway. To Ryan Myers? Yeah, very, very rude. Sweet. Like, right, he was just like very cute. He was young and, you know, he's doing the little red carpets. And he said to Tony Danza, it's a New York moment, pizza, pizza or um, pretzels. You know what I mean? Just like a cute yeah. thing. Tony Danza was condescending and a real dick to him. I'm just going to say that. And it was not nice. And everybody stuck by this kid. He handled it very well, but it was very upsetting. Well, it's one of those things where it's so funny because I the first question I get asked 90% of the time I meet somebody or they hear about what I do who's been a dick to you? Who's been an asshole to you? Who is the meanest person? And it's like, I really haven't had anybody be mean yeah, you've to been, me. Yes, I've, I've, yes. I've, I've, I know I've caught people on bad days or, but even then they sort of just like, 
they're professionals, you know, yes. most of these people. And they know that like they can't act badly and most of the time. But people want to know that that stuff. That question. And yeah. I felt very bad. And this, this is a little video that had went viral. Recently. Interesting. I'm going go, to look it up after this. Yeah, it was, it was probably good for Rise Korea. Totally. And I hope that helps and Rise I, and Korea. I, totally. It did. And I, and I felt very bad for him. We always say my success what do we say, Lex? 50% delusion, 50% determination. Because I wouldn't, you know, be yeah. where I am today if I didn't, you know, believe in believe myself. In yourself. Yes. You so what to. do you what do you attribute your success to? I think that part of it is the way I was raised, which is just that my parents didn't, <laughs> we had a lot of resources. I grew up very, very, in a, in a very privileged position. But my parents weren't those kind of parents who did everything for their kids. You know, I knew a lot of kids who their parents applied to college for them, helped them with did their essays for them, signed up for camps for them. And there's nothing against that. But my parents were like, they had four kids. They were running a business. They're like, no, you can if you want to do that, do it on your own, <laughs> figure it out, whatever. And that's a huge thing for me. I think that I think that that made me a self-starter and that made me, you know, obviously I had a leg up in a lot of ways throughout my life. But I knew that if I wanted something, I had to take that first step in trying to get it whether that is signing up for something or sending that email or what have you, that's a huge thing that I think is, has been ingrained in me to do. It's not something I think twice about, but I know I still notice it even today at 30 years old, some of my friends don't know how to be like that, you know? And I think another thing is just, even though I didn't have, I don't always have a vision of like what my interests could lead me to my interest in pop culture and writing and whatever. I knew that people valued my opinion on things. My friends, I mean, in high school, <laughs> I would make mix CDs for my friends and they were always asking, oh, when's the next one coming out? Or, and then I was, I was the person who like, everyone had that CD in their car and they were, that was the music they listened to for the entire season until the next one came out. It was like 20 of my friends, but like it was moments like that where I was like, oh, like people do want to know what I'm watching or listening to, or people always ask me those kind of questions and leaning into that and knowing and like, being a confident in the fact that people do want to know what I'm interested in and what I suggest for them. That's been huge for me in terms of just like owning that and like not being cocky about it, just being like, you know, that's something that not comes naturally to me. I'm naturally going to go to the new restaurant or watch the new movie or watch the new TV show. Share that with the world. Don't gatekeep it. Don't, you know, just those are two things that I've just, it's just owning that and being confident in that. I would say those two things. All right, good. And we always ask everyone, what is your most entrepreneurial advice for going into a career? Hmm. Well, I definitely have some of that in my bones, as you know, with my yes, parents yes. who run a business together and they're very, both of them are very entrepreneurial. I think in my world, there are so many ways to just do it yourself at first. Even if there's five people reading, five people watching, five people listening, if you're doing it well, I think eventually somebody is going to catch on and the, the ball will start to roll in the right direction for you. I just think there's so many ways to st start a newsletter, start tweeting like I did, like start uploading videos on YouTube. And it sounds so contrite and so whatever to say that, but I really do think that the, the good stuff floats to the top. And I think mm -hmm. the bad, the bad shit sinks. And like, you know, I just think I believe in that. And I know that sometimes it doesn't always feel that way when you're online and you're and you're looking through things. But I do think that there's like a reason why certain things, certain good things have been going on for so long and running for so long. And some of the most successful people are some of the nicest, most talented people. And I think that that's just like talent shows itself and, and natural interest shows itself. And so, you know, I just at a certain point as, during the pandemic, especially like I just started doing things on my own outside of my outside of my business or the business I work for. And it's worked because I just like went for it, you know, and. I think just putting it out there it, and just it's it's that first step is really scary and it's the hardest one to take. But once you do that, I really do think people will start to, to, to notice you. I really do think that. I think that's really good advice. Also, yeah. because years ago, there wasn't social media. There wasn't so many opportunities. There's so many. Now there's more opportunities. And, and you don't have to do it all either. I think sometimes people think they have to have, they have to do it all. They have to be interested in everything or have an opinion on everything. And it's like, no, I think, I mean, that's the reason why like I used to interview so many like a-list celebrities, quote unquote. And I would get maybe 10 minutes with Hillary Duff or somebody like that, yes. or Reese Witherspoon. And they were they were nice and they mm. would give you like, you know, a nice little answer, but they didn't really have to open up to you or, you know, it was hard to really crack that shell. And there was once I started interviewing housewives and people on Bravo who 
you guys make a living by sharing your lives and that comes really naturally to you. And it provides for a much better interview, much more interesting conversation. And so that's why I started leaning into Bravo so much is because I just found that it was the reward was so much better and people and and it's a niche that is so hungry for content, honestly. And so I just leaned into that. It was obviously always an interest, but it's rewarded me, you know, it's because I think I realize I don't have to have an opinion on every single thing. It's impossible these days. And so I think just pick your lane too, you know, mm-hmm. find out, find, pick a lane that really works for you that you can thrive in. And that's what I found with Bravo is that just this, it works and I love it. I, you could tell because you do such a great job at it <laughs> yeah. and it does work for you. you. And I think that's, that's true. Pick a lane. You yeah. don't have to have an opinion on everything. Mm-hmm. It's very true. That's so interesting what you say about housewives. We, we were talking about this with, we well, used to credit with the Wall Street Journal, like, reality stars are held to a different standard than let's say like actresses 100%. actresses and actors because they do share their real life so when it comes to privacy from journalists reality stars there's almost no limits mm-hmm. and it's yeah. a really weird position and i'm sure that's a really tough line to toe in terms of what to keep private i'm sure we don't we don't need to get into it but i think even just in you know in my interviews i a lot of it's just about what's on the show, you know, mm. and just kind of going off of that. But I think there's something to be said that's really cool about that interest just in terms of being so open with your life and being such an open book and being willing to engage in that conversation. A lot of people take a lot of positives from that. And a lot mm. of people get genuine entertainment out of it. And, you know, there's a reason why people have connected so deeply with with people and I just sometimes just a conduit for that, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is which is fun to be. It's it's not you know it's not about me. It's just I really do want the person to shine. So, yeah, it is interesting. And they do. They always shine in your uh, interviews. Thank you so much. They do. Well, thank you so much oh for my coming God. on this here. Is tell so fun. tell everybody where they could find you. I'm at Gibsonoma on all social medias. G I B S O N O M A. And I have a newsletter of the same name. A podcast. We should talk. It's under the Yahoo umbrella, but you can find it wherever you get your podcasts. And yeah, my Twitter is always popping off. So you can go follow me there too. <laughs> okay, great. Thanks so much. Okay, Thank Caviar you Dreamers. Hope you enjoyed this. I loved every second of it. Oh, the best. Your so confidence, fine. authenticity. Uh, Everyone's going to be inspired. Thank you. Yeah, such a Thank fun conversation. You. Thanks for listening. And if you love the podcast, don't forget to leave us a five-star review at Apple Podcasts. Follow me at The Real Margaret Josephs. And me at The Life of Mrs. B. And the podcast at Caviar Dreams Tuna Fish Budget. Tune in every Wednesday for new episodes. Keep Keep dreaming, dreaming, Caviar Dreamers. Dreamers!